Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. I'm CJ, and this week, I'm excited to be joined by our resident newlywed, Afton. Hi. And our 23-year marriage veteran, he's an author, speaker, and the director of MarriedPeople.org, Ted Lowe. Hey, everybody. And our very special guest this week, Andrew Bowen. Hi, good to be here. And uh, we'll learn a little bit more about Andrew in a second. But uh, today on the Married People podcast, we're talking about the question, how does health and fitness impact my marriage? How does it impact your marriage? This is a great question, CJ, because oh. um, I ate four donuts this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a great start. We'll start there. But uh, the you reason... You think I'm kidding. Ask me what flavors they were. No, I, okay. I, I don't think anybody who's a listener of this podcast thinks you're kidding okay. right now. Great. Uh, well, and, uh, one was key lime... I was an M&M. There was a Fruity Pebbles. Okay. Okay. A lot of they were gourmet. They were gourmet donuts. Gourmet donuts. So it's not like they were just Fruity Pebbles is gourmet now. Fruity Pebbles donut though. Have you ever heard of that? I had to eat it. What I love is that you probably spent more on that donut than a box of Fruity Pebbles. True. I've got to figure out how to make those uh, at home. But uh, t- <laughs> today on the Married People Podcast, we're talking about how does health and fitness impact your marriage. And to help us answer that question is our very special guest, Andrew Bowen. Now, Andrew is a husband, a father to two teenage guys, travels a ton for work as a corporate executive and entrepreneur, and the reason we have him here today is a health and fitness coach and mentor with his wife, Joy. And Andrew, we are so excited to have you, and uh, for so many reasons, but especially for, uh, for this specific episode. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. Can't wait for the conversation. Uh, so we're talking about how does health and fitness impact your marriage? And, you know, we, we started off on a great note with Afton's four donuts this morning. It's really going to get us all on the same, (laughs) (laughs) same page, all on the same page, but we're talking about health and fitness specifically in your marriage. And the truth is it's difficult for all of us to keep health and fitness a priority in our lives and in our marriages. And I don't think, I mean, on this podcast, I think we've talked very many times about our get home from work rituals. CJ, you actually do make working out a priority. You like to work out. I like to yeah. work out my thumbs on my Netflix <laughs> controller. <That's, laughs> and so everybody's on a different level when it yes. comes to your fitness and where you start. You know, different you might levels. Start with your thumbs, you know, you know, and work your way up to, <laughs> you know, a light walk outside yeah. or jog. And you jog, right, Ted? We do. We do. You we, we oh, you jog together? Out. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes she likes morning workouts and I like afternoon workouts. So sometimes that doesn't work out. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Good one. The gene, gene. Yep. So, Andrew, it's difficult for all of us, like you we were saying, to make health and fitness a priority. Tell us a little bit about your story and, uh, and where you began on your fitness and nutrition journey. Truth be told, guys, I, this hasn't been a, you know, something I've been doing all of the time. This is something that started probably about, I guess, eight years ago. Um, I was what was I, 37 at the time, I was training in martial arts, but I was just heavy. And every time I got off a mat, everything hurt. And, you know, I was there with my kids, I was playing around. And if if I'm truly being honest with myself, I was actually probably mildly depressed. You you mentioned earlier, I was on the road constantly, which means a lot of alone time and a lot of time to either self-examine yourself or try and soothe yourself through something else. And I was doing that through food and inactivity and that wonderful Netflix controller, (laughs) but it wasn't Netflix back then. I had to use DVDs. (laughs) Uh, So it's, it's been a journey and 
it's a priority in our marriage now. It wasn't always. In fact, when I finally made the decision that I wanted to turn things around, Joy actually kind of fought me for about hmm. two and a half, three years until we had a couple major medical curveballs thrown at us that kind of put it right in our face that we had to do something about that. So now, yeah, it's easy. But that's been a process over eight years. We didn't start from going off the couch to running triathlons, right. which is over in triathlon. So what was what was Joy's pushback initially? Um I think it was a little bit of jealousy more than anything else, honestly. And she would tell you the same thing, that it was taking time away from her. So here I am on the road 60% of the time at least. I come home and say, hey, I'm going to the gym. Yeah. Okay, well, that's not with her. Mm. Um, And since that time, she's kind of had some self-realization as well that part of it also was that, okay, well, I was making the efforts to get myself healthier and improved and stick around longer for my family and she saw that a little bit as a affront to her that, okay, well, she wasn't doing that at that point in time. Kind of made her maybe say, wow, I'm watching this. I probably need to be doing this myself, but it's just the constant reminder that I'm not. Yeah. And, and I mean, you put that on top of the fact that, again, I, I'm absent from the household, not the relationship, but the household a lot mm. on there. So, and then when I do come back, I've been going for an hour a day. I mean, it's why I don't play golf. Like, I don't mm-hmm. play golf because I'm not spending five hours away from my family when I'm spending four days a week away from my family. I, yeah, I totally get that. I feel the same way. I don't travel nearly as much as you do. But, you know, I definitely feel like, hey, you know, if I choose to go work out or I choose to go for an evening run after work, like, that's, okay, you finish work at 5, and now I'm not getting home till 6.30 or, or 7 or something like that. And there is that tension, like, hey, that was two hours we could have spent together, or hey, that was two hours we could have been doing something else. So that's a very real, you know, tension for a lot of couples, I think, Andrew. It, and as a, you know, a fitness coach, are, what are some other reasons you hear people not getting into shape or, or kind of resisting some of that? Well, you get the classic ones of I don't have the time. Right. Well, you know, we, are, we all have the same amount of time every day. It's a matter of how are you, how are you using that time? But I think the, the biggest one is everyone sees the end results. And you see, per, you see someone on you know, their eighth year of this journey, not on their first step. And you have that difficulty of envisioning, okay, what's that one thing or those two things I can do today that are a little bit different? It's not going to you know, immediately change everything you eat and the portions you eat and make sure you're getting, you know, five hours a day of exercise in, which (laughs) isn't healthy. Don't do that. Um, I'm not in any danger. (laughs) You're not in any danger. (laughs) Okay. We we cut back to three and a half donuts is what we do. (laughs) Um, So those are the the big ones that I hear is just, just people being overwhelmed with either time commitments or not releasing the vision on what they can do in the smaller steps to get to that end goal. So, Andrew, if you were to rewind before you made this decision, would those have been your same excuses? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I was in, I was in the same boat. I, I was the guy who, even when I traveled, I packed workout clothes for probably four years without ever taking them out of yeah, the back. Gotcha. Like, you know, it was just like, oh, I'm gonna, uh, this is the trip. I'll get on the treadmill on there. And then sure enough, I'd get busy. I'd do something else, and I wouldn't. Um, also, though, working out is hard. so that's I feel like maybe even number one reason is even if I find time I'm like I did hard stuff all day today at my full-time job do I want to go do more hard stuff that I Mm. still don't like this is why we love Afton Andrew right here because she (laughs) speaks what everyone else is thinking (laughs) the thing is it is hard but all that other hard stuff didn't cause your brain to dump a bunch of serotonin in it 
Hmm. Exercise does that. You actually feel good afterwards, even though you're tired and you're exhausted. A, you did something hard that deserves a, a pat on the back, you know, and then B, your body gives you that pat on the back by dumping a bunch of serotonin in your brain. I won't go too biochemistry on you, but that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, that, that high fructose corn syrup is not doing the same yeah. thing for, for your brain, for I hear. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Fruity Pebbles just not quite on the same level. But. It, yeah, it took years for me to convince Nancy that exercise would make you feel better because she would start up and our kids were really small at the time too. And so she would start up a little bit and she goes, I know that it does that for you, but it doesn't do that for me. And now she's a machine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for a long time, she just was not buying it. So Andrew, you know, we all know like, okay, working out nutrition, it's all great for you. It impacts your life. It impacts your future health. But how would you say, you know, being in shape or maybe even not being in shape impacts not just you, but your marriage. Yeah, I, I, uh, lots of different ways. And I would start that by being the, the father, if you don't mind. I'll start with the father yeah. figure because we've actually had a lot of this going on in our family. Um, you know, being that example for my boys was something that was uplifting of my status and joys mind. So the more I was that example for the boys to follow and to, to challenge and to move forward, and we've, we've had challenges, certainly. We've got an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. <laughs> um, and candidly, the 18-year-old battled with depression, uh, was on meds for a while. And so the talk about that serotonin and all that biochemistry, I know that because I had to do too much research around it mm. to get my son moving again. Wow. Um, but as far as our marriage goes, that being that example to, to those two kids was a big part of bringing us closer together and knowing that you're right, exercise is hard, eating right is hard, but having that struggle and seeing your spouse be willing to fight that struggle because they want to be there longer for you and the family, Mm -hmm. the provider, again, brings you closer together. Um, The other thing I would tell you about exercising with your spouse, especially if you're doing it to like a video of another trainer that's out there, there's something encouraging and invigorating about both of you hating the same person because it's something you're going to hate that trainer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that joint fight at that point. So you guys work out together as a couple, which is something I've made very clear to my spouse will never happen. Because here's my thing, Andrew. Like when you work out, you are disgusting. Like you look yeah. disgusting, you are disgusting. And I don't want... I feel very self-conscious about Hudson looking at me while I'm working out, looking terrible. He also looking terrible and us looking at each other, looking terrible and disgusting. (laughs) And I just want to make, I made it very clear. Like if I work out, you are in another room and you don't come in here and you don't look at me. So how do you feel about working out as a couple? I I think, I think what Afton is asking is, do you enjoy see each other when you are working out? I'm just saying that is like a, that is like a common thing though. Like there are people that just don't like working out together because it's just, yeah, absolutely. I can tell you, we, we are both sweaty, disgusting messes if we've done our workout the right way. Like if you, if, if depending on the workout, if you're not a sweaty, disgusting mess, you probably didn't go hard enough, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and, but yeah, we enjoy working out for a, cu- a couple reasons. And, you know, it, we didn't, again, we didn't start this way. This wasn't something we, that we said, Hey, we're all going to go work out together. You know, when we were really y- younger, before we had kids, we would go to the gym together like once every other week. Um, she'd go do a class. I'd go lift weights or pretend like I lifted weights mm-hmm. and then we'd meet up at the end. So we both had that commitment, but we weren't necessarily doing the same thing. Things 
pretty dramatically changed for us about five years ago with that when a big part of our story is overcoming medical adversity through all this. My wife's a breast cancer survivor and went through a double mastectomy. It was about five years ago now. And coming out of that, she would tell you she felt like an alien in her own skin. And that's where we used exercise, particularly more more of a yoga and Pilates, which before that exercise, I would have told you, I don't want to do yoga. Like that is not what I want to do at all. But by being there together and being that support, getting her moving through that, it kind of brought us along this path where now we're sweaty together all the time. But, you know, I love the fact that, okay, just to be a little blunt, what's the, what, what do you do after you, you get all sweaty like that? Take a shower, right? Yes. <laughs> there are benefits. We like sweat dates. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we like sweat dates. Yes. That's the tweet of the day right yeah, there. there. There you go. Yeah, hashtag sweat dates are good. I like it. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so obviously, uh, Andrew, you guys, you and Joy have made some big changes in, uh, in, y'all, in your lives the past you know, five to eight years. So was the health stuff like the biggest catalyst for some of that? Or did it start before that? Was it a gradual thing? Or is it a, no, you know what, we're flipping a switch, we're changing our lifestyle? What did it take for you guys to get the ball rolling? Because I think a lot of people are listening to this thinking, you know, you have to go from zero to a hundred and maybe you do, maybe you don't. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk about my own journey first and then Joyce and mine combined. Um, for me, I, I can bring it down to a single moment, but it was not this sudden, I'm going to shift everything at that moment. As I mentioned, I, I, all the guys in my family all study martial arts. We've all got a black belt of some type. And I remember watching my first black belt test on the sidelines as an adult and literally thinking, I will not survive that. Mm. There is no way I have the cardiovascular energy to be able to do what they did. And that was kind of when I had made the decision of, okay, I tend to be an extremist on a couple of different things. Like when uh-huh. I was in scouts, I got my Eagle Scout. I do these other things. I was going to get my black belt. You're not stopping from that. And I knew to do that, I was going to have to change some things. So that was my seminal moment okay. when I realized and looked in the mirror that, okay, I was 40 pounds heavier than I was when I got married. Oh, wow. um, now, then it was some very it started off small things. Like the first thing I did was replace French fries with either a vegetable or salad. Like I just wasn't going to eat French fries anymore. I would still get a burger, but I wasn't going to have the, the French fries with it. Afton, on, I, on see you, I see you kind of, she you, just you, fell out of the chair. I just love French fries yeah. so much. I do too. I, that's my treat. I love them. But the problem was I really loved them. Like <laughs> every day, twice a day, loved them. Um, but it, it was, it was something simple like that. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, but Andy Stanley did a, a, um, a sermon at one point on guardrails mm-hmm. and the importance of what they are. They're not there to guide you. They're, to, they're there to keep you from careening off the cliff. <laughs> um, and so I kind of looked at my life on the road and asked, okay, well, what are the guardrails I needed to put in? And they were four simple to say, not always simple to do things. And that was... You know, I, I tried to never eat brown food, like which meant basically anything fried. Hmm. Um, remember, I was living life on the road. <laughs> that would be included, <laughs> okay. probably. Yeah. Um, the I tried to um, since I was on the road, I was always eating in restaurants, like constantly. So I didn't have the chance to make stuff. So I'm not the guy who said, you know, I'm going to make every piece of food and I'm going to put it in the perfect container and I'm going to do all that. Mine was more okay, great. I didn't want to eat in a restaurant that I could eat at at home. So 
try and avoid the chain. Let's go to the family place that will probably do things a little bit more healthy yeah. for you. The other one that I had in there was if you see fruit, eat it. Like on the road, that's like the hardest thing to get is, you know, fruits and vegetables, especially snack stuff. It's easy to go through a drive-thru and get a burger. But so if you see that banana, just grab it. You're going to have the, have the banana at that point. Yeah. And then the last one I had in place on these kind of gradual steps was um, mentally made the rule work out before wine. You know, it's, if, if you were going to have you know, wine or a drink that day with dinner, you're having dinner with clients, your workout had to come first. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's prioritize that. Wow. Those are all great. And if you're uh, like me and and you were listening to Andrew uh, list those, and you're like, oh man, I should have been writing all that down. Or maybe you're driving or maybe you're exercising right now. We'll have uh, all those listed out in the show notes for you if you're interested in uh, recapping some of those. Okay. So we know why kind of Joy seemed kind of, um, Andrew's wife seemed like kind of anti-fitness for a little while. And then she kind of had a catalyst moment that propelled her to become more fit and healthy. But Ted, you said Nancy was kind of the same way where she was kind of ambivalent towards working out, but now it seems like she loves it. So what, what happened? What made her change? Yeah, I think she was probably a little bit like joy in the fact that, you know, she was, a. I won't say she's resentful of exercise, but it was a little bit. So I think if she agreed with me, then it was going to mean she had to make some changes or whatever. And I think one of the things when you talk about, I mean, you get these and, you know, Andrew, you can speak more to this than I can. But when you talk about the endorphins and the dopamine, like that felt like that would come a little bit later into the process. Like right now, I feel like I can really feel that. And when you're uh, I first started and uh, my goal was always to gain as much pregnancy weight as Nancy did. So I didn't <laughs> want her to feel alone. So that would be those workouts that it didn't feel like now I feel like a million bucks. Now it feels like I kind of want to throw up a little bit. So I think that beginning stages, sometimes it's hard for people to get going. But mm-hmm. once she um, once she got going and she's pretty driven. Mm hmm. Uh, so she's pretty driven. So I think once it clicked for her, it really, it really, really clicked for her. And it's sort of the things now she would say, I, I do this for me. Mm-hmm. I do this. Yeah. Um, and she's got crazy amounts of energy, like crazy. What pushed her to start pushing through and seeing if she liked it? Was there something or was she like, oh, I just want to do this with Ted? Or Yeah, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it for her, it was a, it was a big moment at all. I think it was very, very gradual. Mm-hmm. And it was. Um, she just wanted to be healthier. Yeah, she, she said, I, "I don't, yeah. I don't feel great." You know, the kids are. You know, you're kind of eating part of their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches often as you're making them, mm-hmm. things like that. And so, I always felt bad about leaving food on the table at restaurants, so <laughs> I would be the one who hoovered my kids' plates. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. That's really true, though. I think there are a lot of times where, like, don't you ever just like go to bed at night and you're like, "Man, I just don't really feel that good." But I kind of always don't feel good, so whatever. Do you ever? <laughs> <Is that just me? laughs> that makes me sound really unhealthy. Yeah, but it's true because yeah. that does uh, impact the way you interact with people, then, or how your mood, or so. So it probably does have more of an impact on your marriage than you would think. Yeah, absolutely. And and Ted, to your point, you know, it's not one workout is not going to give you that. You know, it is the ongoing, even if it's just a week, I mean, part of it is the self-confidence of, hey, I just did a week and that week is not working out every day. That week might be working out three days or that week might be, hey, I, I stuck to the meal plan I was thinking I was going to eat. I didn't have soda that week. Whatever that little thing is, it's that sense of accomplishment yeah. that starts to boost that feeling of pride. And that is contagious. That is, you know, I mean, in some people, it's addictive. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, it, it is that achievement. It's that, you know, eventually you get to, cause that's more my personality. And eventually you just get to a point where you don't want to let go of the years that you've put into your physical fitness or your ability to run X number of miles and that kind of a thing. And then at the same time from the marriage component, like I think it, there's something valuable about, you know, my wife, Terry and I both work out rarely together for some of the same reasons Afton that you, you shared, but sometimes, sometimes just because that is, it is a weird thing that you, a barrier you have to like (laughs) get through a little bit. Um, But you know, there's something powerful for us in that we have something to talk about that we're both interested in and we're both valuing something the same way. You know, I think it it might be funny and Andrew, you might be able to speak to this as well. Like if one, uh, one person in the marriage works out and the other one doesn't, I could see that, that creating tension just because now it's like, Oh, well, I value how my body, you know, functions and I value what's coming, you know, what my body's going to look and feel like 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And you're not putting the same care into your body as I am. You know, uh, have you ever noticed some of those kinds of tensions pop up in the, the people you coach? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we see it all the time and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that it's mostly, ironically, it's mostly from the husbands that we see that from. Hmm. You know, in our coaching business, we're probably 90% women, 10% men across the way we've attracted people. Um, But oftentimes the husbands will be that barrier. And I I see it on a couple couple different levels. You know, I think number one, I think there is that jealousy we talked about earlier. It's jealousy is probably not the right word, but I'm I'm struggling for what the right word is Uh of, of one spouse being made to be made to be felt subservient because they're not having that same priority of themselves. Now that first boss probably never said that, never imposed that at all. It's the, it's the self thought of the, of the opposing spouse. That's really, really driving that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking how common I see it in, in relationships where I, I want to go and shake men sometimes and just go, okay, your wife just told you that she wants to go get in better shape to look better, to be healthier, to be there longer for you. Yeah. That's a bad thing. Like where, 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 where is that? Mm. <laughs> I'm missing that part. Wow. Yeah. It's push buttons of insecurities too. Yeah. yeah. Like we've noticed too, like we've with family members that aren't into exercise, we have learned not to talk about it because it doesn't encourage them. It feels like it discourages them or it's like almost like statements of judgment. So we have yeah. learned to just, Hey, we're going to model this. And if people want to, you know, do it and great. But just, I think there's a little bit of that with husband and wives too, to come in. Oh man, my workout was so crazy. Are you saying you don't do that? I think you don't talk about it as much. I mean, I think that's, that's the approach we've taken with our families. I think you model it, but I think not talking about it all the time. If your spouse is, it's already their button. I don't know, Andrew, what do you think about that? I, 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 I actually, I agree with you in, in principle, but I think that our, our country as a whole is facing an epidemic as well that we need to start talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, the, the rates of obesity in America are, are ridiculous right now. It's over 60%, um, or maybe 40%. The, um, but like I noticed it not only with family, I was just at a work conference, um, where obviously everyone's getting plates of food and, and, they're, they're, and I, and a lot of the folks I work with, actually, I do health and fitness with them as well. And several of them, as they walk by with their plate are saying like, don't look at my plate. I'm like, I, I, I don't care. I like, I go enjoy yourself, do what, do what you do. I'm not judging your plate, but again, it's back to that insecurity of 
you know, if, if you're putting something front and center in, in your life and you're putting it out there on social media as Joy and I do, it's obviously no secret. I think other people will internalize and see that example. And clearly then they're, they're realizing that, okay, maybe I can make a different, a different choice. So every time I have someone do that, I go, okay, great. You've at least got the, the recognition that you've got the opportunity to make a, a better choice, which means the next time you might make a better choice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Here's a fun one. Andrew, you say that working out together is the greatest aphrodisiac known to man. Talk about that a little bit. I do. So a couple different things on this one. Let's, let's talk biochemistry for just a moment. There are two things that happen when you work out consistently over time. A, your serotonin levels go up. We kind of already talked about that. Um, and serotonin is actually tied to sex drive. Um, but secondarily, both in men and women, as you build muscle and you work out, you create testosterone. And testosterone also increases sex drive in both men and women. So it is literally a aphrodisiac that, that's in play. The other way, though, is when you're feeling better about yourself and you're feeling more confident, especially for women, you know, you've seen that progress, at least at least in our relationship, you know, when 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 we're not in a good spot about feeling about feeling good about ourselves, the last thing we really want to do is go have intimate relations at that point. Mm-hmm. That, that self-confidence um, is where all of that relationship, that physical relationship drives from in there. And both the, the immediate exercise with the biochemical results, but also the long-term effects of it showing that, you know, you have been able to achieve a goal and feel better about yourself, go to that, that long-term relationship. And I also say with the sweat dates, um, you know, we've, Especially, here's, here's what I don't encourage you to do. Nobody should be each other's trainer. You'll kill each other because at some point, again, you're going to hate your trainer. Yeah. But you've got somebody else who's leading that. You can get mad at them and you can get mad at them together. And suddenly you have that common enemy to, yeah. to have on there. So that's where I say it's kind of the, the yeah. greatest effort. Terry and I have definitely had those moments when we've worked out together. And again, when we do these days, it, it's definitely better. But especially early on in our marriage, when we would work out together, we're trying to impress each other. And so we would end up correcting each other a lot. Or, you know, if we would go on for a run together, I would be trying to pick up my pace to, you know, impress her and that kind of a thing. And then that ends up, you know, discouraging her because she can't keep up or she's like, no, just fine. Just go run at your own pace. We'll talk through this later, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it's justified, right? But, but I mean, to that point, that definitely is a, that's a real, <laughs> that's definitely a real thing. And then, and then uh, we started taking some group classes at uh, our local gym. And you are totally right. Like we could both look at the trainer guy up there who's leading the class and be like, don't you, don't you just want to strangle him right now? Because this is, this is awful, you know, and we're both on the same page there. So, and that definitely does build uh, a little camaraderie too. So that, that's a plus one for that, uh, that point for sure. You know what else is an aphrodisiac? Chocolate. <laughs> true. It's and true. dark chocolate's really good for you, actually. Chocolate donuts are even better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So where does, where does Fruity just... Pebbles land on that scale? I mean, probably pretty high, <laughs> I would think. <laughs> oh, man. How do, we, how do we encourage each other without stepping on each other's toes? Because I'll tell you this. Me having any opinion about Nancy's size or progress, like if I were to say, wow, you look more toned, her instant response would be, oh, so I wasn't toned before. Or, oh, have you lost some weight? 
oh, was I big before? So I've the only the only thing I ever say <laughs> to her. You look great. Like when she will literally say, "Do you think whatever?" I'll be like. I'm not commenting about any of that. And I just have a rule that I don't do that. That's like a no-fly zone for her. The only thing I do say, I say, you're so beautiful. I say that often. But have you found that? Like, how do you how do you encourage each other? And especially, how does a man encourage a woman with it not getting personal? Or, or is this just Nancy Low World? No, I, I think that, you know, obviously in any, in any relationship, communication is key. And like, right we've gotten to the point in our relationship where I, I love that you, you say you're so beautiful. I wake, I, I greet joy every morning, whether it's on the phone or, or it's, you know, thing is hello, gorgeous. That is every morning. That, that is it. But I think the key to being able to comment on someone's progress, because it's important to do that. They need that reaffirmation actually, but you have to understand what are their goals? You know, if their goal was to, you know, make their pants fit a little bit better. You commenting that, wow, your triceps look a lot better today. Okay. Well, that's not what they were actually trying to work on. So it's that, it's that it's having those conversations, not in the gym, you know, just like you have conversations around sex life, not in the bedroom. You know, you, you have that conversation of what is it you're trying to, you know, if, if you could, if you could change one thing about your body over the next month, what would it be? Like what, what, yeah, and those are the, the conversations that the trainers often have is like when I started this whole thing, my whole goal was I wanted to look decent in a teacher. So if you told me, wow, your calves are really popping today. Okay. Well, that's not anything of what I wanted to go for at all. Um, and I think that's, you're right there. When we're talking about people's physical appearances, especially if they're, if they're not securing themselves, it's really easy to step on a landmine that are out there. I think it's, it depends on your gender, too, though, because I feel like when I say to Hudson, hey, you look skinny today, he's like, oh, really? Thank you. And if you were to say that to me, I'd be like, what the heck? Why would you say that to me? Like, I'm, was I not skinny? I, I'm the same way as Nancy. I'm like, was I not skinny yesterday? Why would you say that to me? And I feel like it's different based on gender. Like, I feel like I can compliment him if he's looking different or I notice something or whatever, um, and he's all proud of it. But, like, maybe it's uh, maybe it's me and Nancy have the same insecurity or something. Maybe it's all women, but it feels like it's, it does depend on the person, what you can acknowledge. I don't know. Do do you, you watch men and women stand in front of mirrors, getting ready. You know, Nancy walks in like this because I don't think this looks good. And I'm standing there chest out, gut sucked in going, I think this looks nice. Like I'm never going to walk like that. Right. Uh, But yeah, it may be a gender thing. It is at our house. I'll take a compliment all day and roll with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're gesturing toward me after. I think, Terry is the same way. Like, you have to be careful. And yeah, I mean, I think Terry and I are, um, Terry knows that my intention is never to, you know, you know, say something negative or hurt her. We know it's not your intention. It's just, we just think that. We just like, <laughs> we, that's how we respond. Yep. Exactly. Um, So shifting gears just a little bit, Andrew, you know, we're talking a whole lot about fitness and nutrition, but what about that couple who um, one of them uh, is passionate about this topic, the other one isn't? One of them's in shape, one of them's not. Well, before we get into that question, CJ, can I just, can I ask Yes, go ahead. You can just jump right in. Obviously, it's fine for me to jump in (laughs) if you're talking, CJ. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just define, what do we mean by getting fit or like being healthy? Because like, I just feel like it could be different for everybody. And I also feel like when we're talking about fitness and healthiness, there's no like, great, I achieved it. I'm fit. I'm healthy. Like I've reached my 
all of my potential and now I can just live my like I just feel like it's kind of a, a moving target so and I don't know how we're defining it what Afton's really asking is how many donuts can she have That's, every thank morning? you for reading so, the underlying question. just to finish that yeah, question I, yeah, and I think that is a I think that's a great question because I don't think there is such a thing as okay, I'm in shape on there, um, and that doesn't mean that if you are you know on the couch constantly, you're not doing anything, you're you're not paying any attention, that you shouldn't get better tomorrow. For me, that fitness journey is okay. How can I be better tomorrow than I am today? And again, it's little tiny steps that get you through a long journey that's in play. So what I, I what I don't want to do is sit here and define and say, oh, well, you should be a BMI of below 18 and you should have a waist circumference size of less than 36 if you're a man, although you should because there's heart disease associated with that. But um, it is to me that that fitness journey is exactly that. Our, it's someone who is getting in shape to me is someone who's decided to place their health on the prior on their as their as one of their priorities and what that means for each individual really depends on where they're starting how far on the journey they've gotten and where they want to get to mm-hmm. um, i have zero desire to be a um, iron man triathlete like that i that's a completely different level of cardiovascular fitness than i ever want to even touch with a 10 foot pole you and i have that in common andrew <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i also i also want to be the grandfather who is able to play with his grandkids yeah act out there on the field um it's it's twisted to say i was the father who was on the karate mat who i never wanted to tap out to my kids and i still want to be able to kick them in the head <laughs> but i do That's it's harder dream. than what 18 though. <laughs> uh, so i mean i guess that, so i'm sorry to give you an ambiguous answer but i think it is different for every person and you know whether you're not the the model shape on the magazine that doesn't mean you're not fit and healthy and on your own journey yeah and so kind of getting back to what I was asking there, thank you, Afton, for that clarification. So what does it look like to get your spouse on board if they aren't passionate about this? Like maybe one spouse is and one spouse isn't. So, so meet them. At some point, you have to meet them where they're at. So if you're the spouse that is passionate about all this stuff and it's how you fill your bucket and it's how you spend your time, Great. Go do that. Go be you and get your, get your bucket filled. One of my favorite things to do when I'm running and I don't run, I run about once a week, you know, I get out of the space. I'm able to put headphones on and just kind of connect with myself where Mm -hmm. in the busy world, you're not for other people that may be a a craft that they do. It may be their reading to understand that's where you've got those two differences. Um, but then also model the rest, you know, it may be on the nutrition side. You know, one of the things that's, I took on in my family because I do travel so much, enjoys uh, love languages, acts of service. I do the meal planning and the meal prep and the cooking for every week. Part of it's because I know it's my only way out of the doghouse for being <laughs> gone all week. Um, but that was an act of service I could do. And oh yeah, by the way, at that point, I'm able to kind of help control the nutritional menu as well. And I know that my kids are going to have at least one meal that's in there where they're not running through the drive through on their own on, on that yeah. level. So there's little things like that you can do to not only model, but especially if, especially if acts of service or something in the love language on there, there are definitely little things you can do to help push that along. The worst thing you can do though is say, well, why aren't you working out with me? Why yeah. aren't you doing this? And that's just the worst. Yeah. No, that's so great. That's, that's, that's really good advice. I think just to also piggyback on that, like 
being healthy and getting fit and all of that, I just feel like right now we're like really focused on like get to the gym, work as hard as you can. But I feel like for me, being healthy with Hudson isn't like a you need to be healthy. We need to both work out. It's like, hey, let's like take the dogs for a walk mm-hmm. to the waterfall yeah. and the others. Like it doesn't have to be like you need to come to the gym with me. Sometimes it's just like, hey, let's do something fun together that gets us moving. That isn't like we're not going to come back drenched in sweat, but we're doing something. Yeah. Great example. Yeah. That's great. It doesn't always have to be terrible. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. right. It doesn't have to be miserable all it the time. It doesn't have to be miserable. I love that. Yeah. Well, Andrew, we uh, we love to boil all of our conversations down to one simple thing for couples to take away. And this week, though, I think maybe the best approach might be to break it down into a few different groups. What would be a one simple thing for a beginner to just take a step to move toward better health and fitness? So yeah, for the, for the beginners, they can do one of two things, either do something you didn't do yesterday, meaning like an exercise, you're walking the dog to the waterfall is a great example of something like that. Or they can do the opposite and stop doing something like I'm not going to drink more than five sodas in a day for, for some people on there, but don't, don't overcomplicate it. Pick one thing you can achieve, do that for a couple weeks and then pick the next thing and just keep keep picking the next thing. That's awesome. I love that. Do something you didn't do yesterday or stop doing something you do every day. So let's talk to the next group. So maybe there's a couple who's doing a little bit toward their you know, health and fitness. It's on their radar, but they want to take it up a notch. So what would be your, your one simple thing for that group? So the one simple thing I would say for that group is really get on some type of a program. And there are tons of programs out there in YouTube land from trainers. You can contact us, all those things. But that's something organized because the people that tend to be in the middle, and they might go to gym a couple days and then they fall off for five days. Mm -hmm. Then they go back and they're good for three weeks. But it's to really get that consistency. Once you get that consistency both in the exercise, which is about 20% of it, and then the other is the 80% uh, of theirs that is the nutrition side of the equation. So find a real program that you can stick to and do it. If it's a 60-day program, stick to it on point for 60 days. You'd be amazed at what you can do. That's awesome. I think that's where Terry and I are. We kind of bebop along a little bit. And Terry's further down the road than I am. She does work on programs. But I just go and I've my approach is like, if I'm moving weights or something, I'm probably working out something. So <laughs> getting yeah, on a plus, program. Here's a great fitness right. tip. Did yeah. you guys know that if you go to a gym and you get on a treadmill, a lot of times they have Netflix on your treadmill. Yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> oh. Did get you your know Netflix, that? you know, yes. fix. You can watch friends did that and yesterday. work out. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> All day, baby. But I love that. Get on a program. That's something I need to do. And finally, let's talk about the last group. So a couple, a guy and a girl who's, they're rocking it. Uh, what what would be your one simple thing for them to take their fitness and nutrition to the next level? Share it with somebody else. Share that example with somebody else that can can see it. And actually, Ted, to your point earlier in the beginning of be be aware of how you share it. You know, it it, it can be incredibly intimidating for people who aren't on on any level of fitness journey to see two people who are just taking it absolutely completely extreme to the to the very end. Um, and that, that happy middle, and to really be that example, you've got to share not just the end result, 
but how did you get there? You know, mm-hmm. someone on their first step of the journey can't fathom the 150,000th step of, of the journey. Yeah, Andrew, I think that's what I've enjoyed is your transparency that, you know, occasionally you will put up a before photo. <laughs> I think that's, that's... I love before photos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, this guy's not always been like this. He's, you know, he wasn't an Olympian that's just kept himself in marvelous shape. I mean, not that you were in terrible shape, which I think so many people resonate with. It's not necessarily yeah. terrible, but it was you weren't feeling your best. And so uh, I appreciate that part of your journey, the way you share it in that way. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like seeing those before pictures are always helpful, not just the, the, the end result, because a lot of times people need to resonate with that before picture before they take a step. Right. So Andrew, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I love uh, what you guys are doing, what you enjoy are doing to model what it looks like um, to head in the right direction, you know, in your health in your fitness and in your marriage. Now, a minute ago, you mentioned like some programs and that kind of a thing that, that you two do together. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and where people can find that if they are interested and maybe that, that second group that get on a program group? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we do online accountability groups for people who are looking to achieve an advance in their health and fitness um, through exercise and nutrition. I focus a lot on sleep, as you can tell, the biochemistry and these kind of things. I'm the science dork. Hmm. Um, but we're, you can find us on all, pretty much all the social media platforms. So if you look for Joy and Drew on Facebook, you can find our group there. We'd be happy to connect. We've also, probably the best spot is our website. It's joy-and-drew.com. And then the Instagram, we've been talking about this one. You can find me at Road Warrior Fit. So the combination of fit and being on the road way too much. <laughs> That's Should awesome. we have been calling you Drew this whole conversation? I'm so embarrassed. No, that's that's quite all right. Actually, it's funny. The only person who really called me Drew throughout throughout my entire adult life is my wife. <laughs> we actually just found that Joy and Andrew didn't flow nearly uh, as well as Joy and Drew. So we're back to Drew. That good. makes sense. That's, that's awesome. Great. That makes sense. Well, and hey, if you were listening and you're like, wait, that was a lot of stuff. We'll have links to all of that, uh, their social media and their website on our website. So we'll get you connected to everything you need there. So thank you again, Andrew, for joining yes, us. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. You are very welcome. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. And thank you for joining us for the Married People Podcast. We hope that today's episode helped you realize that marriage and maybe even fitness is a little easier than you think. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you're there, leave us a review. And finally, for more great resources to make your marriage better, including links to find out more about Joy and Andrew's fitness resources, visit our website, marriedpeople.org. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Afton. I'm Ted. I'm Andrew. And thank you for listening. 